World Communication Day was last weekend in the Catholic Church. How do you communicate the faith? All eyes will be on Baltimore next week as the bishops meet in what could be a defining moment for the direction of the church here in the United States. Pentecost is this weekend, so what does that mean for you? And a question about novenas. These topics and more are coming up next. Welcome to A View from the Top with Bishop Gregory Parks, Bishop of the Diocese of St. Petersburg. A View from the Top is a candid and hopeful conversation on current events that affect our church, our community, and our country. Now, here's Bishop Parks and the General Manager of Spirit FM, John Morris. Bishop, it's always good to see you. Today we're recording out here at the beautiful Bethany Center. John, great to be with you, and even more so here at Bethany Center in beautiful Lutz. What brings you out to the Bethany? Well, this evening uh, we're having a barbecue with our seminarians and with men who are interested in possibly entering the seminary. Uh, it's something that the bishop does every single uh, summer. And okay. so tonight we're, we're going to enjoy some good food. Uh, we're going to pray, and our seminarians are going to share their vocation stories. Okay, so I'm not invited to this since I'm married and I'm out of luck on it, this one. John, you'd be welcome <laughs> to stay for dinner, but uh, probably beyond that, uh, you might want to go home to your family. <laughs> that's, that's right, that's right. <laughs> Uh, World Communications Day was this past weekend. Usually the Holy Father and, and the Vatican, uh, they released the theme, and uh, this year's theme, we are members of one another from network community to human communities. It's a mouthful. <laughs> it sure is. But I think it's a reminder to us that as human beings, one of the gifts that we have received is that of communication. We can talk to each other. We can sit down and either look each other in the face and have a conversation as you and I are here today. Or we can do so by other means, sometimes by means of social media or email, uh, as we say, electronic means. But um, just a reminder from our Holy Father that we are called to engage one another in conversation, and I think uh, in a special way, holy conversation. One of the emphasis that Pope Francis uh, talked about in his communique was, was about the web. You know, back when uh, the first Communications Day took place in, I believe, 1967, with Pope Paul the Sixth, maybe it was now but, Saint Paul the Sixth. That's right, and his thing was all social communications, but there was no mention of web. That was something that no one would have ever uh, even dreamed of back then. Today we're a, a conglomerate of 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 web, and the Holy Father used the web as a metaphor for entrapment, almost that people become so engrossed in the web that they be- almost become hermits in communication because they're not building that relationship. And he says in his, uh, this is just an excerpt, the net is an opportunity, he's talking about the web, the net is an opportunity to promote encounters with others, but can also increase our self-isolation like a web that can entrap us. Young people are the ones most exposed to the illusion that the social web can completely satisfy them on a relational level. But there are dangers in that phenomenon of young people becoming social hermits who risk alienating themselves completely from society. Isn't that true? You know, you see kids, and I can say it in my own family, everybody on the, is at home at night, the TV is on, and everybody's got something in their hands, either a laptop or a, a phone. Everyone has a device of some kind, right. um, iPad, or as you said, on the computer or on your phone. Uh, John, the, the words of our Holy Father, I think, are very relevant today. And, you know, I saw some statistics recently. I can't quote the numbers, but 
the basic point was that the number of young people, speaking of high school students and college students and even young adults that are dating, has decreased because really? we've become so isolated. They don't Either know how to with, ask for a date. <laughs> don't know how to or, or, just, or just so consumed with, uh, as you said, with their phone, with texting, with nonverbal methods of communication, with playing video games, which are all very isolating things. Uh, they, they don't meet up to the dignity of the communication that I think God gave us as a gift, which is still to engage in conversation with other people face to face. You know, social media and the internet, World Wide Web, as you call it, those are things that develop during our lifetimes, right. you know, and, and most of our listeners, I would think. Like anything, there's good aspects about it and there's bad aspects. And unfortunately, human nature being sinful uh, will tend to always find the bad. And that's really what we have to guard ourselves against is uh, people that use those means of communication and media, uh, not for holy purposes, not for virtuous purposes, but rather for things that are not of God, things that are sinful, pornography, and other types of uh, sinful actions and behavior. And those are the things we obviously we need to avoid in our lives. But we do need some time alone. I think that's good and healthy for all of us, specifically, uh, especially when it's time in prayer. Right. But we also need to be with people and, and to engage and communicate with each other and, and to pray with each other. The phone, the iPhone, uh, and not to brand anything, Android, whatever you use, has become a tool for people so that they don't have to confront somebody in a difficult situation, even if they're best of friends. They'll communicate, but there's something about the the nonverbal, even as you and I sit across the table. We could potentially record this, me in one location, you in another, and that's fine, but there's something about the nonverbal and, and being in someone's presence that really makes a difference. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you you know, I'm able to see your expressions as you're talking, and, and likewise, you know, I, I'm always amazed uh, when I go out to dinner at restaurants and I'll see a couple or a family and they're all on their phones. You know, they're not looking at each other. They're not talking to each other. Right. They're each uh, on their own individual device and engaged in whatever they're doing there. So again, I think it's important to I mean, spend some time doing that. That's, that's not the issue. But is it excessive? Is, is it too much? And that's what we have to guard against. Now, the positive thing that the church has embraced is the fact that they have embraced communication because they realize most of society is us- are, are using these tools uh, you yourself have a Twitter account, Facebook account, Instagram, and so people can see the work of the church through what you're doing. Well, and even this podcast that we do right. uh, is a means of being able to spread the word, to spread the good news, and to help people deepen their faith and to lead them closer to Christ. So yeah, we, we have to take advantage of what's available to us for very good and holy purposes as a church. And you know, it's a saying, you know, you have to meet people where they're at. And if where they're at is on social media, then, then we need to be in that forum as well and trying to engage them in, in, in the work of faith. I am on those various social media sites that you mentioned. And as bishop, I, I've always found that helpful. And my main reason for doing that is to share my life and my ministry as a bishop with the people I serve so that they know what I'm doing. Maybe they learn a little bit about our diocese, uh, a bit about our faith. And, um, and also, John, so they know their bishop is busy, that I'm, That's right. that I'm actually doing something, <laughs> that, <laughs> that I'm not in the office all the time. Well, I know that you've been out at night 
because I'm seeing pictures. It seems like every other night you're you're at a parish for a confirmation. Yeah, it's a busy time of year with uh, graduations, baccalaureate masses, confirmations. We'll probably see uh, a post about this dinner tonight. Probably. I, I wouldn't doubt it, John. Right, in right. fact, I would say that's almost a certainty. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Some of the other things I think that, that are positive, there's a lot of good apps out there that help in people's prayer lives. I know that Spirit FM created theirs so that you could listen to uh, stay in touch with the diocese wherever you might be in the world. We received a letter a few years back from a devoted listener I saw her at church not too long ago. She was uh, worked for one of the government agencies, I'll say, and was in a foreign country. She said she still felt that connection because she could listen to the Mass every every day from the cathedral. Yeah, that's, that is a great blessing. And, you know, when we have live streaming also, that's a, another great blessing. And there, I mean, somebody on the other side of the world could be watching a mass or an ordination or something that's going on in the Diocese of St. Petersburg that they found out. Maybe they follow our website or, or follow us on Facebook and they hear about something they can actually watch and participate in that way. Even our own cathedral now at uh, St. Jude the Apostle, I think, has live streaming of adoration right. of available okay. for for those who want to participate in that. If you want to check that out, I believe it's cathedralalive.org is their website. Uh, Bishop, you're going to be traveling to Baltimore next week. That's right, John. Uh, Normally we have two meetings each year with the bishops uh, from around the United States. One meeting is in June, and the other meeting, which is uh, the bigger meeting and a more formal meeting, is in November. Every three years, the bishops meet in the June period for more of a retreat or a spiritual-type experience. However, you know, with everything going on in the church, we felt that we really needed to take some action, uh, that there was some unfinished business that still needs to be attended to. And so this year we were supposed to be actually out in California having a spiritual retreat. But since we had our bishop's retreat in January in Chicago, some of your listeners might remember that, we decided to, to have the June meeting this year be a business meeting. And so the the primary topic is going to be reporting and accountability of the scandals that that have been going on. Last time the bishops met, some things were going to be passed. They got put off. Uh, Rome wanted to have their input. Now that's taken place. Do you think we'll see anything concrete come of this? Well, just as a little bit of history, that's correct. We had put forth some things that we were going to look at last November in our meeting. We were asked by the Holy See to defer those pending the Holy Father's Synod bishops which he and cardinals, which he held in the Vatican in February to discuss these worldwide issues. A number of our own bishops and cardinals participated in that. And recently, the Holy Father issued what's called a motto proprio. It's a, a letter in his own name or a document in his own name outlining some guidelines that he is asking us and the, the universal church to follow with regard to reporting abuse cases and the handling of them, and specifically uh, dealing with bishops, you know, accusations against bishops. So um, that will be a big topic of discussion at this June meeting. Were those guidelines that were put forth by the Holy Father were they in line with what the U.S. Bishops Conference had drafted back last year? Well, some of them were. There there were a number of proposals that were put forth. So what we've done is uh, I'm not able to really publicly speak about uh, the that, specifics yeah, because of those documents, the, the Holy Father's document, I don't think has been released publicly in the documents that, well, that one has, but the documents we're working on for our June meeting haven't been publicly released. So, but one of the documents we are working on is how the United States Catholic Church is going to adopt the guidelines of the Holy Father as put forth in his motu proprio. 
Whenever anybody's under investigation, a lot of offices or departments can't really comment because they are under investigation. Do you have any comment on the current investigation going on within our diocese and the others around the state? No updates, John. Um, you know, it's in the hands of the state attorney office, and uh, we're just waiting. Uh, as I, I think I shared, they, they've done some preliminary work on an investigation, and we're just waiting for further guidelines or instructions on how they're going to proceed. So, Nothing to uh, Nothing to be to able to share there. with you today. Right? Yeah. Did they give you any kind of time? time about Christmas of 2021. You know, it'd be great to just put all this behind us, so I don't have to ask you these questions. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to have that uncertainty removed, sure. but I, th- I think one of the factors that uh, maybe is causing a bit of a delay is if, if you remember, we elected a new state attorney, or attorney right. general yeah. uh, for the state of Florida. So there was a transition. Um, the investigation was uh, initiated under the previous one, and I'm not sure where the new uh, attorney general is in that process. Okay. Switching gears now, Pentecost is upcoming this weekend. It's, some people would say it's the birthday of the church. It's a day when the Holy Spirit uh, descended onto the earth and uh, tongues of fire above the apostles and, and that kind of thing. But it, it doesn't seem to get its due. It's not like Christmas and Easter. How come? <laughs> I wish I had the answer to that. We, I refer to it as the Great Feast of Pentecost. Okay. And uh, first of all, the word Pentecost, of course, signifies 50 days. The word penta, like Pentagon, which has five sides, we celebrate Pentecost 50 days after Easter. All right. And of course, what we celebrate is the coming, the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles, which empowered them to go forth. You remember they were, were kind of in hiding and fearful even after the Lord, you know, appeared to them. But now we see them coming out of hiding. We see them coming out from behind those locked doors. And they're out in public and they're talking about Jesus and uh, preaching and teaching about him and performing great acts, even miracles in his name. All that is because of the power they received from the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. You know, when Jesus left, the thoughts that the apostles were going through when their leader, Jesus, he's leaving and they see him ascend and they're thinking, what are we going to do now? Who's going to take care of us? He's taking care of us for the last three or four years. What are we going to do now? But he promised an advocate. He, he did. Uh, you know, there no doubt, I think they were Probably uh, there was some sadness or emotion at seeing him depart from them, being lifted up to heaven, as the scripture says. But over and over again, he promised them that he would send the advocate, the spirit that would lead them to all truth and would give them life. And that's what we celebrate again is that third person of the Trinity. You know, we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God the Father, we associate so often with creation. Christmas, we celebrate the coming of our Savior. Right. This is really the, uh, the day when we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit that we receive. And that's why it's such a special day. And again, it, 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 the Spirit breathed life into the church, almost like a, a great wind, and uh, caused, like I said, empowered those disciples, now apostles, to go out and to spread the good news as Jesus had commanded them. As you said, a great wind. How is that wind still blowing today? Is it a healthy wind that we see in the church and in the world? Because I, I know that we've, we've had our ups and downs throughout the centuries. Is this a good wind right now? Oh, I think it is. I mean, the Holy Spirit being God, the third person of God of the Holy Trinity, would always be good in nature 
and holy. So the Spirit himself is, is holy and leads and guides the church today according to God's will. However, we, we do know and we recall that we're sinful human beings and we're part of this church. So right. while the church is divinely guided, some of our members and even our, our leaders still suffer from sinfulness and don't always act in a way that's in accord uh, with God's spirit. So we always have to be cautious of that as well. I hear people say sometimes uh, when they're in a situation, it could be something trivial, it could be something very profound going on in their life. And they ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and wisdom, part of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How do we know that it's the Holy Spirit answering that, speaking to us, versus our own conscience of what we want to do? So there's always this battle between our will and God's will as we may discern it through the Spirit. And that is a battle uh, that we do have to guard against because we think we know what's best for us and what we want in a particular situation, but, but God's will might be different. So we have to discern that and pray about it. What I would say is that when we are doing God's will as discerned through the Holy Spirit, we should always have a sense of peace in our hearts. Not always going to be what we thought it was going to be, or we're not always going to be led in a direction or on a path that we thought we would, but we're at peace knowing that we believe and have conviction that that's God's will. Generally, if we're doing our will or the will of someone else, uh, it may not lead us to that happiness. You know, we'll go down a wrong path and we'll still lack peace. We'll struggle. We'll have um, an unsettledness in our life. But I truly believe if we're doing God's will, we should have peace. His will should always lead us to peace. But that's difficult, though, Bishop. I mean, so if I'm an employee and my boss is telling me something that's not giving me peace, they may be right. I'm getting in the way, but how do I discern? That's that's the hard part for people. Yeah. So you have to distinguish between human realities and situations and divine or spiritual. Um, but even with the human situations, particularly the one that you describe, uh, if you don't— And I said an employee. It could be a spouse. It could be anybody. You're not talking about your employment, John. No, you're you're with you, so. <laughs> I, I'm asking you these questions. <laughs> no, I understand. But uh, but what I would say is, if somebody has uh, a bit of unsettledness or a lack of peace because of something that someone's telling them, my advice or my counsel would be to pray to the Holy Spirit for humility, to have the humility and the openness of mind and heart to listen and to really discern what's being said. And if we truly embrace that spirit and that openness, I think God will let us know whether whether there's truth there or whether it's something that somebody is just putting out for us. I think that's where a lot of people, they, it's an ego. They don't want to let it go. I'm guilty of that. I want things my way, the way I want. And, and that makes it difficult to take the advice of maybe the priest who I've gone to get counsel from, and he tells me something that I don't want to hear. Yeah. And, and I, I guess I would also mention, John, something I've heard in my time as a priest and, and now as a bishop is sometimes individuals will say something like this. The Holy Spirit told me to tell you this. I always question that. You know, is somebody really guided by the Spirit in those words sincerely or are they almost hiding behind the Spirit? Right. <laughs> in other words, blaming it on the Spirit. I have to tell you something that you're not going to like, that you don't want to hear. But I'm going to put put it under the cloak of the Holy Spirit right. so you can take it up with God. I remember when I first started back in the 80s at our station, and I heard two other very prayerful ladies going 
back and forth about something. And they and I remember the first day they said, well, I'm going to go home and pray about it. The next day they came back. I prayed about it, and this is what God told me. And they were still, they were still at odds. And I walked away as the, the, the third party just shaking my head. I don't get this. Um, I hope they work it out. <laughs> yeah, we need we need we need the Holy Spirit, and we need to call upon. You know, the the Holy Spirit. I think is in some ways almost the forgotten person well, yeah. of the Trinity. You know, we pray to God the Father. You know, our Father, and certainly I hope that we have a relationship, personal relationship with Jesus Christ in our prayer. How often do we pray specifically to the Holy Spirit and for the gifts of the Spirit? I, when I confirm our young people and adults, I always remind them you're receiving these gifts. But you have to use them. You have to call upon the Spirit, you know, to utilize those gifts. So if you're feeling weak in a particular moment, pray for that gift of fortitude, you know, that gift of strength. If you have a tough decision you have to make, pray for wisdom and right judgment. You know, if you have to take a difficult exam and you're worried about it, you know, pray for knowledge and, and wisdom. And then I remind them, not instead of studying, but in addition to studying, right, to pray right. for, for the help of the Holy Spirit. Sure. So, but we, we do need, we all need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit who guides our lives. Uh, one other thing I would say, a spiritual director can help in that regard, I think. I agree. I mean, a spiritual director is a, a spiritual friend who, who walks with us on our journey. And because they're not us, they can sometimes pick up things that are happening in our lives and the things we say, circumstances of our lives, and, and help us to, to work through those things and ultimately to grow in our relationship with God. One of the areas as we prepared for uh, Pentecost, I noticed throughout some of the web pages and, and the websites that I go to, people asking a prayer for a novena for the Holy Spirit. What's a novena? Sure, and even even here in our diocese, uh, Diocese of St. Petersburg, we've been praying a novena in preparation for Pentecost. The word novena, of course, would be nine, nine days in this case of prayer in preparation for the celebration of a big feast. There's different types of novena, but in general, during a novena, or we pray a novena for different purposes. One of them might be for a particular intention uh, or for a particular gift, but also, as we do right now, preparing for Pentecost. The origin of why it's nine days uh, goes back to very early Christianity when we understand that the early Christians would pray for somebody who had passed away, who had died for a period of nine days. And that's kind of the origin of where that comes from as a tradition uh, in our Christian faith. There's other significations for nine. I've heard people say, well, it could be, you know, that our Lord spent nine months in the womb of our Blessed Mother. You know, there's different ways you can look mm -hmm. at that number. But that's my understanding of the origin uh, was from early Christian roots and that nine days of prayer for the deceased. Now, on some of these novenas, I've seen where if you pray this nine days or this first Friday of the month for nine consecutive months— if you do this, you'll get that blessings. Uh, you know, in one instance, a happy death. Uh, you know, uh, how does God get put into that situation? <laughs> well, as, as uh, Christians, we don't believe in superstition, so these are pious practices and part of the rich treasury of prayers and practices that the Catholic Church has developed and embraced over the years. Many of them are the result of revelations which have been received by individuals on a personal basis and which they've shared. 
We're not always necessarily required to follow those. Uh, If it happens to be part of our personal piety or devotion, that's fine. Ultimately, John, each of us is dependent upon God's grace. His grace is the free gift of his life, which he shares with us. So I'm not somebody that believes we should ever say, put a, a limit on God. In other words, if I do this, then you have to do right. that. You know, I'm not sure that that's the spirit in which those uh, prayers are, are meant to be. So we don't ever want to put God to the test. You remember our Lord was tempted and said, do you know, it's written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. We don't want to put a deadline on God yeah. <laughs> to do something by a certain date or if I fulfill these requirements. But God has re- has revealed through others, uh, through very holy people, these means by which we can grow in our own personal holiness and devotion. And, and certainly those are good things. And I don't mean to be flippant in the question, but I personally have encountered people that say, well, why do Catholics do that? And even people that I've worked with in the past, so I don't understand that tradition. So that's, I don't know how to phrase it any other way than... No, but I, I think that each of us has gotten those emails or something on Facebook where it says, uh, if you send this to 100 people, then you'll receive great prosperity and blessing. Right. Well, where did that come from? You know, right, and right. To, to simply do it because you're afraid if you don't, that something bad might happen. That's kind of engaging in superstition. Uh, ultimately, again, we believe in God's grace and his love, his mercy for us to get us to heaven. We've got about two minutes left. Is it wrong in our prayer life to ask God for a sign? Well, again, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's wrong. Or a direction. But, Just show but, me the way. Yeah, show me something or give me some sign that I'm on the right path. The key to that, though, would be to be open to how God may communicate that to you. So he may say, show you something very clearly. Sometimes people hear the voice of God in their heart or in their soul. Sometimes it comes through a conversation or some words that somebody else might give you. Sometimes it's in nature, could be in the beauty or just a feeling that you receive in a particular place in a particular time. So God communicates to us in, in so many ways, but we have to be open. You know, we, we can't limit God. And sometimes, John, I, I would say God's answer is no, and, and, and the silence is there. And maybe it's just not the right time for us to receive that, that guidance or that blessing from God. Maybe he wants us to wrestle with it for a little bit longer. Well, as we close our time today, would you ask for the Holy Spirit to descend and, and kindle all of our hearts so that we may follow him more closely and grow in our daily prayer life? Sure. Let us pray. God, our Father, send forth your Holy Spirit and kindle that fire within us. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created and renew the face of the earth. Descend upon us, Holy Spirit. Guide us in our words, our thoughts, and our actions, that all that we do may be in accord with your will, for your glory, and for our good. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you always. For more with Bishop Parks, including past programs, his social media accounts, and ways to subscribe to this podcast, visit dosp.org bishop. A View from the Top is a production of Spirit FM 90.5 and the Communications Office of the Catholic Diocese of St. Petersburg. A View from the Top is made possible by the annual Pastoral Appeal and listeners like you. Thank you for your support.